because she's a young nerd. And he's an old punk. Welcome to Young Nerd Old Punk, the podcast where we participate in a subcultural exchange because Kelly is a young nerd. And Tim is an old punk. Really struggle. <laughs> we got this. And Matt's just the other editor. And Matt's just here. Yep. <laughs> this episode is the blah episode. Uh, <laughs> I forgot Because <about> <laughs> Kelly recommended to me a lace ball. And Tim recommended to me the Blair Witch Project. <laughs> so which do we want to talk about first? I'm interested in how you felt about Blaze Ball. Alright, so what I decided to do, because Blaze Ball was a multi-day project, was to do a day-by-day diary. So, day one. Oh crap, I almost forgot to start this. <laughs> Trying a little too hard to be clever with these team names. Hellbound Sunbeams was good enough because of a Buffy reference, and because the last player they kicked off both teams' name was Voorhees. Betting fake money on fake games. This is stupid. (laughs) (laughs) So, for the listeners who are like, what the fuck are they talking about? So, Blazeball is like random number generated baseball that has crowdsourced characters and rules. Or not characters, players and rules. That also has some... Some of them are characters. Yeah. That also has some, like, Eldritch Horror elements, I'd say. It's all text-based. It was something right before, like, sports actually became a thing again due to the pandemic that someone created because they're like, people need sports in their life. Day two. Did a little more research. Peanuts appear to be almost meaningless, but according to the wiki... There's been an increase in peanut allergy-related injuries since their introduction. There's a shop to spend the fake money. (laughs) So, now I've gotten an upgrade. I'm getting paid every time my best hitter, Han Fox, gets a hit. Sounds like a good idea to me. Uh, It seems harder to lose bets than to win them. Since I joined the Sunbeams, they've gone from second to last to first in the division. I take all of the credits. <laughs> For some reason, a giant squid appeared during one of the games and said something about an egg. This is almost a non-game. You win, even though you're not really doing anything. I'm going to save my winnings for some more power-ups. End of day two. You don't have to call oh, no. I can just, skip on. I'm just trying to think. So you picked the Sunbeams as your team? Yep, the Hellmouth Sunbeams. Just because of the Buffy reference? Yeah. Which I didn't know was Buffy Oh, that and, like I said, the Jason Voorhees reference, because they kicked a player off the end of last season. That's a valid enough reason to pick a team. I picked mine because... Uh, yeah, the Seattle Garages. Got Mexico City Wild Wings. They yeah, were the Mild Mexico Wings City for a Wild season. Wings. There's a Tigers. I don't remember the town, but... It's I've, not Detroit. <laughs> yeah, it's not. The New York Millennials. Canadian Moist Talkers. Yes, the Moist Talkers. Oh, I'm sure... Oh, Chicago Fire. We are from yeah, Chicago. Yeah, the Chicago Did you Fire. read their, the Chicago Fire's lore? I didn't tell you to, but... No, I... Read only the sunbeams. That's fair. That's what somewhat I... limited lore, honestly, yep. with that team and because it's crowdsourced and nobody made enough lore. Oh well, I need to get in on that. Day three. Apparently, the weird squid I saw was the shelled one because the ticker at the top kept saying the shelled one has returned or has entered or recently entered. Some bullshit like that. Yeah, there's like a news ticker. Upgraded my hits pendant again, but not really sure it was such a great investment this time because Han Fox seems to have gone into a slump. I bought five passive income upgrades, 
which is probably a better purchase since they're only 220 coins. The hit upgrades were 100 apiece. I got my first election ticket today. Han broke out of his slump, and while I don't think I've recouped what I spent on the pendant, I probably will come out ahead after all. Still gonna try and concentrate on the passive income upgrades. Sunbeams are still first in their division. So would you like to explain the ticket system, Kelly? The ticket system is how you can vote, and the votes are across the entire uh, division, I believe, or the game as a whole. I think it's for well, you have one vote that affects the entire league. League. Then there's a series of votes. Kelly, I, I think oh, I learned more about baseball than too. you. Actually, it's probably just I started playing it just recently. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and then you have individual votes that affect, could possibly affect your team. Yeah. So it seemed like to me, well, we can get to that at the end. Yeah, so what people vote on, so I've noticed like some of the forum posts and like some tweet groups will be like, hey, we're trying to get this voted in, so actually vote for this. Don't vote for the other crap. Yeah. Uh, day four, increased my passive income several times, bought five more election tickets. The Sunbeams are still in first. I believe day four was disc golf day, so I didn't have as much time to play. Shorter diary entry. Reasonable. Yeah, day five, it's the final day of the regular season. Today is all about racking up some vote tickets. Unfortunately, the Sunbeams dropped a second in their division overnight. But they had regained first and the regular season division title at the end of the season. I have 13 vote tickets. Day 6. Playoffs begin. Sunbeams face the Spies in the first round. Series is a best of five. These are playoffs, guys. I don't think we have to describe that unless you don't like sports at all. It does look like, at least for me, I maxed out at 15 total vote tickets I could buy because I had additional money to spend on vote tickets but could not buy further vote tickets. Tiger versus Crabs in the finals. We knew it was coming all season long. Crabs were at the top in their wild high division. Crabs have the advantage in the first game of the series. I put low money on the Tigers. I've been voting on the Tigers all season because my kid's mascot is a Tiger. I was like, you know what, let's do a luck pick on some of these. <laughs> I don't think it worked out for me. I think I would have done better just to vote on the one that had the best chance of winning. Actually, it looks up like I was able to buy tickets again later. Got up to 17. If this were the Electoral College, I would be the equivalent of Georgia. <laughs> Went all in on the Tigers. Tigers were eliminated by the Crabs. Who won in Game 4 and are the Season 8 champions of the Blaseball Internet League. Oh. I skipped on to election time. I put five votes toward the league-wide effect one double jump, which would give every division leader a win every time they get a win. So each yep. win would equal two wins. I put the minority on there because I had figured out the whole team thing. Like, well, I'm going to use the rest to try and help out the Sunbeams. I chose three replacement elbows, which would have improved three random pitchers on the Sunbeams if it passed, and five votes toward home field advantage, which gave your team an automatic run when they played at home, and four votes toward precognition, which improves three random batters by 20%. Just like real life, my votes didn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) Anything else you want to explain about baseball before I get to my final impressions? No, but I do have one really important question. How do you feel about the commissioner? The commissioner's doing great. Okay, and he always has. The commissioner's doing a great job. Okay, I just had to make sure to understand how into it you got that you understood. Matt, do you have any questions about baseball? No. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm fine. All right, so I've now come to the conclusion: no, I'm never going to participate. From the perspective of engaging players in this game. First off, set up a playoff bracket style page during the playoffs. Instead of the Twitter single page that they have, have a, an actual bracket style where you can just pull out the bracket. I think it just visually it would just be more engaging. Right now they just list them in a 
down the screen. Uh, also, why not set up an all-time top 10 season leader and or all-time leader and a top 10 season leader of some small categories so you know what the individual players are doing at a glance instead of having to go into the screens like, hey, is my player in the top 10? Yep. Because you can go in and see their stats, I think, through the like team page. I'd keep it simple. Some like hits and home runs for batters. Yeah, RBIs, hits, and home runs for batters, and then wins, ERA, and strikeout for pitchers. Seems like they have to cater to two types of people, players that want to create a story in their head, and gamblers. I play creative mode in AHL an enormous amount of time, and quite a bit of time with NBA 18. So I think I'm the type of person that does create their own stories with sports games, because you lose players over time. When I play those games, though, I need to be able to create... Store villains within my story. So, kind of started hating the Crabs because they were at the top of the division and had a better record than me all season. So, in my head, like, man, fuck the Crabs. But if I'd also had, say, they had the home run leader, too, I would be even more like, fuck, hate these fucking Crabs. Like, you get to know these fictional, made-up computer characters. Yep. The other type are degenerate gamblers. They want to feel like they're winning when they're not doing anything but inserting a coin. It's impossible to lose at this game if you vote, vote with the favorite opponent every time. You're going to win 85 to 90% of the time if I think you take just that strategy. I never bet on the millennials because I think it's a generational slur and should be a term that's no longer used. I think you could get people to watch if you had not even a 3D representation video of players playing against each other. I think that could work too. Yeah. Even if you found a way to like rig it to one of the like like original NES yeah, that's what style I mean. games. something like that. Yeah. That's exactly what I had imagined too. I came into this skeptical and I walked all. I'm walking away thinking, there is a concept here that sort of appeals to me. I don't like that it's so easy to win. But I could see, if it was a full-blown game like we just talked about, I'm an idiot. I would probably play that a lot. Yeah. Honestly, I think if they integrated graphical, like, watching of a game... I mean, let the game play play as fast as it does now. Because it is really, like, you have to read pretty fast. So, some of it... Just to keep up with the game. Like, hit the left out, or foul, blah, blah, blah. Like, in the next thing, strike, ball. Because they do how many games in a single day? It's a hundred and something games over that five-day period. Yeah. So, just do the math. Like, 30 games a day. So, um, I think the big thing is that, like, some of the intention, and if you go to the wiki page, you can really see this, is, like, fan base created the lore of the players. The second week, most of the players didn't have a history. Right. Like, so people just kind of, like, for instance, one of the players that has, who is the pitcher on the Mexico City Wild Wings, her name is Sylvia Rugrat, and she is both a baby and a 1950 jazz, jazz singer or something. She lives like outside of like our understanding of time yes and that's her backstory i did not get this deep into the lore yeah i I feel like kelly is more of the read the lore of the character i think what i'm asking from this game is more is letting me create the lore i don't think of well i guess you know if they throw up shit like that on a screen crawl at the bottom while the game's ongoing, yep, I probably the, like, shit like that. History. Did you know that so-and-so is in between this age and this age? Yeah. I am going to give this three out of five pocket protectors. Excellent. But it could potentially be a five if there was a full-blown game other than just a webpage. Makes sense. So, a lot of the players have wacky names. There have been wacky names in the history of the MLB. All right. I stole this Quiz idea. Game. I stole this idea from every um, podcast every ever. Every podcast <laughs> ever, but specifically the baseball versus MLB players one. Gotcha. From Loading Ready Run. I'm going to give them some Boy, credit. I hope you pick uh, players that played between 1987 and 1993. I'm going to do real well. One. <laughs> okay. So it's. 
Baseball or baseball? The first one, we will wait until Matt gets back, because you can participate too. Yeah, see, Kelly thought about you after all. No, that's why he asked if you were coming, so... I was just going to let Matt sit here and listen. Speaking of coming, the first one's <laughs> name is Candy Cummings. I'm going to go baseball with that one. MLB. MLB. Candy Cummings was a pitcher for the Hartford Dark Blues, which is um, the next one. Live Oak Taylor. Man, that almost seems like a trick, and it is baseball. Yeah. I'm going baseball. Yeah, me too. Nope, baseball. Baseball forever. <laughs> Live Oak Taylor was a player in 1877. Secretly, they're all just MLB. Next one. Gallup Kruler. Baseball. <laughs> Gallup Kruger is a lineup player for the Dallas Stakes. Baseball. Yeah, baseball. <laughs> oh, yeah, Matt doesn't know teams. You don't know teams? Kruler is a spite demon. Next one, Case Sports. Uh, I'm going to go baseball on that one. Baseball. Case Sports is a lineup player for the Mexico Mild Wings. Yeah, baseball. Jack Daniels. Baseball. Baseball. Yes, you guys are actually both correct. (laughs) He spent nearly seven seven full seasons in the minor leagues. Workman Gloom. I'll go baseball. Baseball. Baseball is correct. He's been incinerated, sadly. He is a shoe thief. Was a shoe thieves player. That was baseball. That was baseball. On to the Blair Witch Project. Yeah, onto Kelly's information on Blair Witch. Don't look at Tim like the he owes you money. The best movie released in 1999. <laughs> Sorry, quite possibly just... in the history of the world. Wasn't Titanic released in 99? Actually, 1999, if you look, all kinds of good shit released in 99. It was like probably... If you like, like I feel like I shit argue down, that point myself. That year is like the greatest series of movies. Because there was like, if I look at the list, it's always like, oh shit, I saw like five of these movies that year. But Blair Witch Project was by far my favorite these people had to hear it about it from me before, but Kelly had actually oh, never no. seen it. Yeah. So I knew I had to assign Blair Witch Project. So, as mentioned before, I'd never seen Blair Witch. Yeah. <laughs> like, somehow. I've seen all the, like, memes. Not the memes. The, like, parodies of it. You know, people running through the woods with a camera and yelling. But I was like, okay. And I assumed that was all this movie was. And it kind of is, but not quite. So, about 25 minutes in, I turn to Jake, and I'm like, I see why Tim wants to let his child watch this. Because although we're character building, this would be boring for a child. Oh, yeah, it absolutely is. <laughs> My kid is obsessed with seeing this movie just because I, I'm obsessive about the movie. Like, he knows what Blair Witch is. So, I want to watch Blair Witch. Whenever he wants to see, like, what he can get away with as far as watching things, that's, like, the go-to. And I've told my wife a hundred times, like, let me show him the first 30 minutes. I was like, it's literally them going to the grocery store. I like it, it, her yelling at them about dumb shit with the camera. It's like, he'll get so bored, you'll oh. never have to hear about it again. Yeah, no, it's like the first, like, ten minutes of Final Destination. Honestly, <laughs> even the beginning in the woods when they're still there in the daytime and recording the documentary, I'm like... It's not until probably after the first night that yeah. you have to be like, well, now you can't watch anymore. <laughs> I don't know, the guy's talking about coffin Rock. Don't really want them seeing that part. Oh, yeah. Or, honestly, you see it. Actually, you'd have to cut it off right before they talk to Mary Brown, the one that lives in the trailer. Yeah. I need to watch this movie again. I don't think I've so, watched this movie since I was in community college. I enjoyed the film. Um, some notes I have is that, like, all the characters are insufferable. But I would be insufferable, too, if I hadn't sleep or eaten in multiple days or even multiple hours. You know, like fucking Mike? 
Mark's a cool guy most of the time. <laughs> yeah, but they all are just spending all the time screaming at each other. And he doesn't scream at them that much. He, he after, I kicked that fucking thing in yeah. the river. After that, he did. We've been fucking lost for two hours. You didn't know where you were going on that map. It was fucking useless. I mean, I, I personally believe they never knew where they were going. <laughs> Oh, no, I think she has a vague map, but uh, I can actually tell you, based on the extended lore of Blair Witch, <laughs> she never actually scouted the project, no. and that was what doomed it to failure. Mm-hmm. She just got a map and kind of had talked to people, like, oh, it's in this area, but she was supposed to go scout the project and never did it, you know, in the lore. Mm-hmm. Huh. I would have been out of there after the first, like, 20 minutes of that first night, to be completely <laughs> honest. Like, I'm a bit of a baby, when it comes to, like, sounds outside, especially if you're camping, they're just fucking stupid. But if- Oh, man. Uh, if I didn't... Well, I mean, you were already wanting to leave by the time they hit the night where the children are outside. There's no fucking baby out there. There's no fucking baby out there. <laughs> there is no fucking baby out there. <laughs> That's creepy as fuck. I really, really enjoyed that it was very, like, suspenseful, but they never did, like, a jump scare or a... Like, Wilhelm Scream. They actually did attempt to do a jump scare. Uh-huh. On the scene where they're running, actually, right after the babies, and they mm-hmm. go, hitting the tent, and they run out, she actually does scream at one point, what the fuck was that? What the fuck was that? Turns out they had dressed somebody up in just, like, pure white. But it didn't get picked up on the cameras at all. Oh, no. Yeah, because they were shooting in black and white at night. It just didn't get picked up. And, you know, after they... Because they would watch, you know, the daily films or whatever, like what they had done. They're like, oh, yeah, no, this works much better. It would look stupid with the person in a white suit jumping out of the woods. <laughs> and now you just get the, what the fuck was that? What the fuck was that? And then so they did, try, they did try to do jump scares like that. Definitely gave a lot to the movie because so many films... So many, like, horror films, it's like, what was that? And then, like, even if it's not necessarily, like, the scary thing, you'll have, like, a dog walk through the scene. Or, like, Danny Rad is in, it's like, the house or something. I can't remember. It's about, like, a house that kills people. Right. But there's a scene where he, like, turns on the sink and nothing happens, and then the water comes out suddenly. Yeah. And scares the shit out of you. But, like, the suspense really added to it. I really enjoyed, like, the justification of some of the more, like film necessary things like the random b-roll footage of the trees right. and shit like that because we were filming a documentary you would need build b-roll and that and you know they had based on the lore of how the movie was made they just had those tapes to work with yep. so to make a decent documentary yeah so um i really like that just because it's like if it was put in any other found footage film so if it was in like um paranormal activity it's the only found footage film that's also decent <laughs> Um, if they had, I disagree with that. There's several yeah, that but, uh, I have seen personally. If they had some random scrolling B-roll in that, it would have the same like, oh yeah, this makes sense because they're right. filming a fucking art house documentary. Yeah. It really did kind of feel. I know like 1999 was like a different time, but it feels like something that A24 would put out now. Mm-hmm. And I really well, I like that A24 reference. Good on you, Kelly. I don't. All they're, of the, very, they're very hit or miss, actually, but there was, like, a series of them I watched back, like, three in a row. I kind of watched around, like, man, that's fucking, those were all good movies. Yeah, so I I think it could also be that chunks are in black and white, but, like, The Lighthouse is filmed in a similar way. Um, I hated The Lighthouse, but, like, it's one of those, like, I enjoyed the cinema of it, but I don't plan on ever watching it again. We won't get into that, but... <laughs> 
<laughs> crap movie reviews. I was actually wondering if it is a good horror movie or not. Because when I saw it, I saw it in the peak of when I saw it in the theaters. And then I did go camping that same night. Uh-oh. And we did acid. And it was a terrible night. <laughs> okay. And that has less of an impression. But that's part of the reason that I like Blair Witch because it has that personal connection of what that night was. It was just madness for all of us. They're all freaking out. Uh, but like all the media shit and stuff like that, it was huge as far as, holy crap, people saw stuff on the internet then. It, it was believed. People believed it. Like a lot of people went to this movie thinking uh-huh. they were seeing this documentary where these three kids have already died or disappeared. Oh my goodness. Now, I never bought that part because, you know, I'm not stupid. Straight up world. But a lot of people did, so this movie was fucking massive. Yeah, so right after we finished the movie, the the credits are still rolling, and I'm walking towards the bathroom. I'm like, it's 99. There's not going to be any fucking end credits. Ah, End credits didn't exist. And so I'm walking towards the bathroom, and we rarely hear dogs in our hallway, but a fucking dog barked in the hallway. (laughs) And I, I like, literally had to stop for a second and hit the light. I'm like, nope. (laughs) Like, so, and I jokingly, like, turned to Jake, and I'm like, Let's go camping this weekend. And Jake's like, no. Yeah. And I'm like, I feel that though. Cause I've been, I had not ever seen this movie, but I've been camping with like friends as like a high school and middle school and people like banging on your tent. Shit's scary. Yeah. Yeah. And, Woods are scary as shit. Woods are scary as shit. I spent all kinds of times in the woods, and I still, it scares me. Getting lost in the woods terrifies me. I know nothing about the lore of this film. I didn't listen to the um, extra stuff on the disc because I forgot that exists because I've been using Netflix for so long. Actually, if you go back and you decide to, you don't Mm -hmm. have to. Uh, there's a sci-fi documentary that was released alongside the movie. That was what they intended the movie to be originally. Oh. It wasn't until they got all the footage later that they went, holy shit, these guys made a great horror movie. Because the three actors are the ones that did all the filming. Yeah. So, I mean, they end up going, well, we can drop that idea all together. So, I um, created this theory in my head, like, just because that's what you do when you watch horror filmies with, like some spooky elements that like one obviously they never fucking knew where they were but like at the point where they're like we have already been to this log like the woods are trapping you i wonder if she was possessed by the witch all right i think that is a popular theory it's it's a pop i'm like i came up with this myself now but it's just one of those like maybe she's intentionally like fucking with them but, like, not intentionally because she's possessed herself. But people do stupid things when they're hungry and tired, so. Yeah. So what's your overall score? I would give Blair Witch Project a four out of five Mohawks. That's a good score. Yeah, it. I really enjoyed it. I have seen and also watched reviews because some of movies are found footage films are just so trash that I don't bother watching them. There are some really bad ones. Yeah. I've watched a lot of found footage stuff, and there's some shitty ones that even I'm like, yeah, I liked it, but I... I'm a fucking mark for found footage films, so... Yeah. It's... Uh, everything in the movie with how it's filmed makes sense. So, uh, too many times with, like, found footage films, they give you, like, bullshit B-roll or, like... It's not possible that somebody is filming that because right. they are also in the scene. So right. I really enjoyed that they element it of it. But I really hope they find their bodies. Any day now. Any day now. <laughs> we should go on an adventure and go try and find them. Actually, finding their bodies is a plot point in the 2016 yeah. version. Yeah. No, huh. there is also a Blair Witch to the Book of Shadows. <laughs> there is. 
I have not seen that one. Also, the video game takes place in the universe, and I find that it is just as terrifying as watching a movie. That's good horror game, then. it only lasts about seven hours, so it's perfect for replays. I can't say enough about the Blair Witch. (laughs) But I'm done for this week. Because she's a young nerd. Please follow us on Twitter at Frisky Discs. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcasts.